0: There is something about it that's so authentic that it's really, really unsettling, even though they really don't show you very much horror. Wait, wait. Back that up. <laughs> that is a great movie, and there are some prostitutes with wigs, and that is a better prostitute.
1: Oh, sweet. a deep cut. The deep cut route for Melton John tonight to start the podcast. Sweet Painted Lady. And that kind of uh, sets the theme, sets the mood.
0: It does. As we're
1: live from the Gateway Film Center for Fright Club Live. Uh, She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we're from Madwolf.com. And yeah, it's by popular demand is our theme tonight. It is by popular demand. We
0: knew that we were going to show the film Peeping Tom. And I wasn't sure what the topic should be of the podcast. And I was going, I was leaning toward um, Voyeur's but we, we put it to a vote: voyeurs or prostitutes? Hoes won big.
1: <laughs> Cash money hoes right. came out winners. Uh, so we're going to be looking at that. And yeah, showing the movie Peeping Tom tonight, which is going back farther than we've gone—like uh, 30 years. Yeah, it's like 30 years older than So any That's movie good. I'm, yeah, excited I'm excited about, about that. it. Yeah, and, and kudos to Chris and the gang here at Gateway uh, for getting us that film. Uh, it's going to be fun to see it on the big screen. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, we want to say a big thanks to uh, Jason Tostevin our senior filmmaker correspondent for a guest hosting last time as we talked about the best horror so far in 2018. And man, we got a good response to that podcast. We
0: did. And you know what I was surprised by? So I expected some pushback from Hereditary because it feels like there's just a lot of people. I mean, most people love that movie. A lot of people that were like iffy or on the fence or thought, you know, that it should should have just demolished them and it didn't or whatever. High expectations kind of a thing. What I didn't expect was how many people did not like A Quiet Place. Yeah. I, until... The podcast, I'd never heard of anybody who didn't like A Quiet Place, yeah. and everybody saw it. It made $300 zillion
1: Yeah, it's much more of a crowd pleaser, but there's pockets out there of people yep. that not not digging it. And
0: so. I just want to have a bone to pick with one issue that several different people brought up. This is why they didn't like the movie A Quiet Place. They said, why didn't they just build their house by the waterfall? And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know how to build a house. Um, <laughs> I bet it's hard. And maybe the ground by the waterfall is not the best place for us. I don't know. I understand the idea, especially if you're a pregnant wife, you want to go someplace where it's going to be quiet. But if you don't have a car, if you can't drive a car because cars make noise, how are you going to move the lumber required all the way over and then build it by yourself because you have small children that somebody you, else is going to have to do? You don't it have on. to
1: convince me. I'm with you. Okay. I just, but, uh, I know a that lot of people, that was sticking. a lot of people's
0: real real problem with that movie. And I thought, oh. But
1: you know what, though? It was great, the last the discussion last time, because Jason you know, viewed things differently than we did on a few films. And it's good to get that exchange. So, and we kept it civil, civil we discourse did. in today's, no, can you imagine?
0: He is. He is. He's is a great guest to have on because yeah, he's he a was. filmmaker and he sees everything. So yeah, he just, right. he, he brings a lot of knowledge and we love having him on.
1: So that was a lot of fun. We also got a comment on the website about the realism in horror episode from a couple of uh, oh, podcasts yeah. ago. Yes. And uh, it was Debbie. Debbie. And she recommended the German film Michael from right. 2011. Anybody familiar with that one? I wasn't familiar with it either. I
0: wasn't either. And that doesn't happen very That's often. Tough. So I was all excited. I'm like, Woo, I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> there you go. I'm not going to watch it. It's about, it's about, it's a very, very gritty, very realistic image of a pedophile who keeps a 10-year-old boy locked in his basement. You know what? I think I pass. Yeah. Um. But, I don't. But but thank you for the yes, input. Yes, thank as you as very always, much for letting us know. We appreciate that.
1: And we want to say thanks to uh, our buddy S.A. Bradley from the Hellbent for Horror podcast. He guested with us couple of uh, episodes ago and just last night we recorded uh, an episode where we're going to guest on his podcast hellbent for horror as we we're talking about hope's favorite subject the woods <laughs> <laughs> scary things and fantastical things in the woods yeah. so we'll let you know when that is going to air but he's great he's yep. got a great podcast and uh, we had a lot of fun doing it so we look forward to that finished product yeah and, and we real, to, quick, yeah. real
0: doc flux asked if we were on stitcher we are Everyone should know that.
1: Find us on Stitcher. So his question not only let us know what Stitcher was, but, but <laughs> then we found out that we're on it. So that's good. Fright Club. Look it up. And uh, and there's a new horror movie coming out just this week. Just real quick word about the Devil's Doorway. Right. That's a real quick word. Yeah. yeah. May I was not kind even of excited about
0: it. Yeah. It's an Irish uh, horror film about nuns and priests and nuns are always creepy you know and uh and it, it, it's at a magdalen laundry which is creepy no matter what and it starts off really really well and then it and it just devolves into sort of um jump scares and shaky cam and so i was a little disappointed in the end but the lead performance is amazing and there's an incredibly scary mother superior and aren't they all
1: right <laughs> i so you can get uh, the full review, the full written review, on our website at madwolf.com, and also we'll be talking more in depth about that on our other podcast, The Screening Room. And
0: we want to congratulate our friend Paul, who, by the way, is still waiting for the Planes, Trains, and Automobiles podcast. It's totally going to happen. There he it is, It's going to happen.
1: Congratulations. Um, he was last week's winner uh, of a Fright Club t-shirt, which he's modeling now <laughs> and looking quite stylish. <laughs> May right. I say so, sir? That's right. <laughs> uh, so uh, he's last week's winner uh, for the question, what was the scariest thing he saw this year so far in cinemas anyway? Right. And that was hereditary, and we agree. So, good answer. So, we'll have another work on another question and try to give away another Fright Club t shirt next week. Yep. Is that correct? It All is. right. Are we getting to it? We are. We're going to get to the meat. It's time. Get to the cash money hose. And uh, <laughs> as we count down our top five frightful prostitutes in horror movies, and this one goes back uh, just a few years, 2007, and it takes place in an abandoned house in Poughkeepsie, New York. Murder investigators uncover hundreds of tapes. Showing decades of a serial killer's work, the Poughkeepsie takes. There's blood out there. Please do something. Do something. No, do like something! be a person. We have to wait 24 hours. No, there is blood. There is blood out there. Send the police. now! <laughs> Today, police made a shocking discovery in Poughkeepsie. Do you mind if I film this? I'm making a little movie about my trip. I do know this was shot in 15 days.
0: If you've seen it, that's not going to be a huge surprise. Right, because, right. But, and I don't necessarily mean that in a bad way. I mean, it's um, it's an incredibly impressive feature debut, and it is grisly and hard to watch, but it's almost, um, it doesn't really show you anything. And I think that's one of the things that's the most impressive about it. it. It's, a lot of people consider it like a found footage film, which is not entirely true. There's a narrative around the fact that they find footage. Then they will, they'll show you these boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes, of, of these videotapes that a serial killer has made of his victims and of primarily one victim, a girl that he has just kept for years in his basement and kind of mentored her into being, against her will, his accomplice. And it's really alarming, and uh, and it's a lot of it is police procedural, and one of the things that I think makes it really effective is that none of the cops are confident. You know what I mean? Like, all of them are disturbed by what they've seen, they feel like they're doing a shitty job. Um, they can't get over how horrible the crimes are. There is something about it that's so authentic that it's really, really unsettling, even though they really don't show you very much horror. Aside from the main girl that he keeps for a long time, uh, he there's this whole side plot of prostitutes who get killed, and it's really an interesting plot. The way that the narrative develops around that really kind of changes the tone of the film, uh, the trajectory of the film very quickly, but also Maybe the most interesting single scene in the film is with a, a prostitute in a balloon. Because it's so funny how you already know that she's going to die. She doesn't. You do because you're far enough in the film. And yet you can't help but be anxious about the balloon. You're like, you can't help it. Like, you're on the edge of your seat. God, the balloon is going to pop any second. And it's, it's amazing the tension that he manages to develop, to develop with that one scene.
1: Yeah, and it's also very interesting to think that even though this does have a, a date of of 2007 on it, it never got an actual release theatrical DVD or Blu-ray until about 7 years later, yeah. and there was really no official explanations to why. As you mentioned, it's not like it's so gory or anything like that. It just was it was held back. It didn't really become available until July of 2014 it showed up as a video on demand through DirecTV and then people started watching it but it's weird it just sat there for so long.
0: And it, it developed uh, like a real uh, sort of notoriety because of that because I think because it is a really grisly film yeah. in a certain way and I think a lot of people thought that that was why it didn't come out that's not really the truth it was that it just kind of fell through the cracks with the distribution but I think it gave it a boost when it was finally available yes, and, and people did. really ran after it but it is it's a very satisfying super creepy but very sort of um, intriguingly amateurish film Mm -hmm.
1: so it's number five on our list of what's number four I wonder (laughs) are you referring to the technical glitch (laughs) we just had a couple of minutes ago number five was the Poughkeepsie tapes and moving up to number four a medical student sets out to recreate his decapitated fiance by building her a new body made of Manhattan street prostitutes from 1990 Frankenhooker just read Franken as a plan I just He has the ingenuity. I need female body parts. He has everything he needs, except the raw materials.
0: Just hold still. Wow!
1: Jeffrey's creation is alive. Looking for
0: some action? Oh, yeah. He's sexy.
1: Want a date? You going out? I'm on my way home, but uh, thanks anyway. You are. Incredible. Some assembly may be required. Want a date? (laughs) I love that. For for those who didn't know, and, and even if you didn't know, you could probably tell from the trailer, that is Frank... Hen yes. and pronounce it?
0: Yes. Basket Case. Basket, Basket Case. case Frank it, it's got
1: that same. Uh, it's got that same vibe to it. It's Admittedly, much more of a not comedy my favorite. and, yeah, and a lot more, more a colorful. Yeah.
0: Um. But but yeah, it's set in the same kind of seedy area of New York. It's got the same really thick New York accents. Um. And it's
1: got the one same uh, character, mm-hmm. uh, Casey, who's in Basket Case and Brain Damage and Basket Case Two, running through this. But yeah, this is uh, this is one I think when we had this category, you know this was going to be on here.
0: Well, when we when we took a vote the last time, Richard was like, I want to see Frankenhooker. So it was clear. <laughs> and then, and actually, as soon that as- That says as more as soon, about him right, than it does well, about and him. Then, and then Phantom Dark Dave, our friend out of Texas, he immediately uh, emailed us Frankenhooker. So we knew what his vote was as well. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's a very popular film that we have, weirdly enough, I don't think we've ever talked about. Um, and and we, we've we done have. Basket Case, of course, because yeah. we've done twins. But yeah. um, we have done a podcast on twins. Um- <laughs> wait,
1: wait. <laughs> Back that up. <laughs> and suddenly the podcast takes quite a left turn. <laughs> but I'm intrigued.
0: <laughs>
1: Go on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Frank and Hooker is a super fun movie, and Louise Lasser plays the mom,
1: Mary Hartman. Yeah. Mary Hartman. I know
0: you love whenever she crops up in one of these movies. Oh yeah. You know everything that happens is is as goofy as it can be, uh, and and there are so many incredibly likable characters. I have the, here's the problem that I have with this movie is that he wouldn't have nearly as many problems if he if he loved his f- dead fiance for who she really was, and he wasn't trying to recreate a perfect female body made up of a bunch of Different human parts, because a, the, they're never really gonna fit, right? Because they're like twenty different bodies. But also, come on, come, a bunion? Seriously? I mean, that, come on, <laughs> she's dead now. You're just gonna have to. So I do. It's 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 a um, more than moderately sexist film, but aside from that, it is incredibly entertaining.
1: Yeah, and it really dates itself as well, because it has that parody of the Morton Downey show. <laughs> if people don't remember how... Remember the Morton Downey Jr. show? You know? That was all the rage for, for a couple of years there. But it's definitely got that, like you said, the more of a comedic stamp to yeah. it than something like... Back- you know what education.
0: it reminds me of, actually, is... Well, I suppose it's the opposite. The movie that reminds me of Frankenhooker is Killer Condoms, <laughs> which and if you haven't seen Killer Condoms, do it now. It's oh. it's magnificent and it's free on YouTube. So watch Killer Condoms. That's Especially how magnificent if you're already it is. a fan. You liked it.
1: In a, it was I drunk? <laughs> Killer Condoms. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, but. Uh... Not We're not talking about that this no, week. No, we are We're talking about the prostitutes. We are. And that's why it's Frankenhooker at number four from 1990 on our list. And we're going to see if we can get this next trailer to work as we move up to number three. Just from, from 2010, it's the patriarch of a family passing away, and the teenage children must take responsibility for the family chores, including cannibalism. We are what we are. And obviously, you can tell from that trailer this is the Spanish language original. But it was made a few years later, um, an American remake, which is solid. It's It is solid, but
0: there are no prostitutes in the American remake. So right. Well, we is...
1: we like this one better anyway. <laughs> we do. But we yeah, do. It fits. In the, fact, uh, we showed
0: it. It was. It's yeah. been. A, it's been a fright club film in the past. Yeah.
1: It's it's really really good. In fact, I, every time I think of this movie, it's a, a, a woman we used to write with when we wrote uh, for the other paper. It's got to be the, the movie that scares her the most. Just here's the title, goes in the closet, shuts the door. <laughs> it's just, you know, <laughs> it's it's really, really effective. And yeah, it gets on this podcast, this theme, because they kill prostitutes. Right. Uh, Although it has
0: been on a number of our podcasts yeah. because it is a brilliant, brilliant it movie. It really is. And the and way it
1: looks at, the, the director, his stated goal at the time when he started out making the movie, he, his goal was to make, Take a look at the disintegration of the family, which I think he does, but he also makes a nice comment about a, 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 disp- a, a disposable people. Yeah. A people that maybe a, the, a lot of society looks on as disposable, and using that metaphor for this movie. Literally feeding off of each exactly. other. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no,
0: it's set in Mexico City, which at the time of the filming, it may still be the case, but the time of the filming is the most populated city on earth. And, uh, you know, and it's set amongst people who are are homeless or about to be homeless or really living on those kids. A lot of the people are living under bridges. And and it's interesting because this family who uh, their patriarch dies and now they have to figure out how to put the meat on the table. And so, you know, they, they are going out without a lot of skill to figure out how to bring some food home, and then the mom gets all pissed off because the first person they bring home is a prostitute. <laughs> like, that's beneath me. <laughs> and I, it's just such, and it it's such a weird twist because uh, there's also sort of this this sort of bumbling cop investigation. There's this incredible internal, almost like Shakespearean like family yeah. struggle for who is going to be the next like Alpha, which is, I think, the most fascinating thing about the movie. But mm-hmm. because of the um, society that it's set in, and this family sees themselves as being above these people that they feed on, they, they murder a prostitute. They don't eat her, so they just ruin, you know what I mean? They don't, and, then, and then they dump her. You can see it in the trailer. I'm not trying to give anything away. She just that this is what happens to people who mess with my family. So she dumps this body in front of a bunch of other prostitutes. And that winds up being much bigger problem for the family than the police are ever going to be and 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 the whole movie turns on that scene even though when you're watching it at first you don't entirely realize it because there's so many other things going on at once but it leads to this unbelievable climactic scene on a playground that is uh one of my favorite scenes in this film and and i loved everything about this movie and it's so funny how you can talk about it in so many different ways, with so many different sort of topics, because it's just, it's just that sort of rich of a movie. Uh, but uh, prostitutes are going to kick somebody's ass in this movie.
1: <laughs> but, but you're right. The, the, the struggle for power after the dad passes away is fascinating uh, in this movie, one of the many fascinating things, and one of the many reasons we like it so much. We are what we are from 2010, number three on our list of frightful Prostitutes Up to number two, another movie that we've talked about several times uh, for various reasons. From 2000, pretty much, well, it doesn't need much of an introduction at this point, American Psycho.
0: Can we go now?
1: We're not through yet. You know, we need to show that one time. We do. We really yeah, do. we do. Uh, I mean, a, we
0: usually show movies that people haven't seen. That's kind of the point. But and wouldn't that be fun to see yes, on the big screen a, again? Yes, it's incredibly fun Especially
1: movie. since, and I bring this up every time, uh, every time I see it now on cable or something, it gets funnier it every time. It does. It's hysterical, and it's such a great comment on a time of American history. Oh, you yeah. Know, it's such a, a time capsule uh, piece of work. And, of course, Christian Bale is fantastic. And the prostitutes in this one are very memorable for a number of reasons.
0: Well, and yeah, well, I mean, they, they get the, the best line. And there's a lot of great lines in this movie, but they get, they get the best line. But also, um, Kara Seymour plays the like the, the low rent prostitute, the, the street prostitute with the really bad, unfortunate banks. Um, and, um, you know, basically every, really, every other character in this movie, to one degree or another, is kind of loathsome. You know, it's kind of superficial and, and uh, they look good, but they're not good. And then you've got this one person who is just blatantly a criminal. And she's the one human that you actually root for. Like, you are actually sad for her when she decides to go back to his apartment that second time. And especially after yeah, she, says, she like, doesn't want to. No, because she <laughs> said she had to go to the emergency room the right. last time because right. of the hangar. You're like, oh, God. Oh, what are you. Please don't get in. This is a bad decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but she gets in. And I mean, and it leads to several of the scenes actually that are in that. That you know, the chainsaw bloody nakedness, which is a great scene. But at the same time, I think it's the only. It's the only kill in the movie that actually makes you sad.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's you're, you're right because that character has become sympathetic to that point, point. and she's when, the only one. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Mary Heron, the director here, and and that we've mentioned before, and Christian Bale is so great. And she has said that he used stick figure drawings to block, to to kind of block the sex scenes and say how they should do it. And (laughs) I guess they both watched (laughs) X-rated tapes to get ready for it and try to block it just right. So that's that's the commitment to the craft that you have to really respect. Yeah. It really is. Uh, But, yeah, that's such a great movie. I think we should maybe pencil that in for a future. Are you
0: going to deliver the line?
1: Don't just stare at it.
0: Eat it. I knew somebody would.
1: Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) All right, that's number two. And uh, number one is the one we're going to see tonight. We've just got a few minutes left, but that's all right, because we usually don't like to talk about the movie that we're going to see tonight. We don't spoil anything for anybody. But it's back to a 1960, a young man murders women using a movie camera to film their dying expressions of terror. 1960's Peeping Tom.
0: Look out. Look out. Take care You are being watched. We repeat, take care,
1: for you are now alone with a killer. We warn you, don't let him see the fear in your eyes. For this is what he seeks, and this is why he kills. He invades the privacy of innocent people, till the piercing eyes of his camera
0: meet the terrified eyes of his victims. And with a compulsion akin to
1: madness, he shoots the final fearful scene. Okay, we've slipped into an empty theater as we like to do so we can talk about the movie that we're going to see tonight without spoiling it for anybody. And uh, number one, great crowd tonight. Yeah. I was really surprised. I didn't know, you know, going back as far as we're doing mm-hmm. with this movie, um, what we'd get, but a and great crowd. And a lot crowd, of new faces. A lot of new faces mm-hmm. and a lot of people of course haven't seen the movie. It's it's so interesting to watch now mm-hmm. because, you know, so much of it is Hyperdramatic, yeah, and the score is hyperdramatic. Oh, yeah. The acting and which you know fit the times today it doesn't, but by the end you really get the feeling, you, you see how subversive it was at the time and why it really almost ruined the career of director Michael Powell,
0: who who had come off the Red Shoes, which is a, a very famous, much beloved for dancer. It's not a horror film at all, and uh, and and was really kind of the toughest game and people universally hated critics hated this it this movie when it came out everybody, everybody hated, hated
1: it. it and it really does have layers running through it that are just you know even even when the characters are all acting so very English and dignified and everybody's polite but there's you know there's that sexual component that yeah. runs through it the voyeurism that yeah. runs through it there is nudity and there's ribaldry yeah. and just the it's just it's just off and of course the main character is off you know, a lot of people look back on it now as a as a British counterpart to Psycho, and you can see that. Sure, uh, this is more daddy issues mm-hmm. than mommy. But this one, it has a more it has a more interesting killer in that the film tries to make him more tragic and more sympathetic. Right to you, and, and you like to point out about that trailer. I love that trailer. Pity him. Fear him, but pity him as well. <laughs> yeah, tell yeah. me what to do. <laughs> that also, in much the same way as a lot of the film does, you look on it now, it, it was a trailer of the times. Uh, today it's a little funny, and there's definitely in watching this film now, some humor in it that yes. probably wasn't intended.
0: No, actually, I think there's some humor that was intended. Some is, that but, not, intended. but not all of it. Yeah, and which, uh, which uh, strikes me as, as unusual. There's a lot about the movie that is funny, that is Funny in that that it's weird. You know, years after its release, British Film Institute has named it one of the best British movies ever made. So, I mean, at least, you know, decades later, people really appreciate right. what a What a classic. What a great movie it is. And, and I think the reason that it upset people when it came out uh, is not really because of the kind of, you know, mild perversity that runs through it. I think it's because it was one of the first films that implicates the viewer. Mm-hmm. It's a whole movie about why do we want to watch other people suffer? Right. You know, and in much the same way, many years later, uh, Michael Haneke's Funny Games. Right, I
1: was just thinking that.
0: Pissed people off because it was was like, but it was
1: much more overt, much more
0: more overt about it. It was like, you know, no, 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 you don't get to get away with this audience. You came to see them suffer. You're going to see them suffer. But you can see
1: that back in the day, just bringing that up, even less overtly as yeah. it does, just make people uncomfortable. Yes, very much. Make them, and, and maybe at the time, they didn't know why. Exactly. Why am I so uncomfortable with this, yeah, because, but I am.
0: Because it, it is, as you say, it's subversive. He doesn't hit you over the head with that message, but that's clearly, really the message of the film. Yeah. Is you, person watching all these people die right mm-hmm. now, what do you get out of this?
1: And though even though it is mentioned, it's, it's brought up in Scream 4, as it's referenced in that movie, as the first horror movie to do this to view to film from the point of view of the killer, that may or may not be true. I mean, there are other films uh, you can debate that. There are other films that uh, that also did it very early on. But it's still, I think, safe to say that it's thought of as one of the first "quote unquote" slasher mm-hmm. type movies in horror. Even though it's not a you know it's not a straight out Freddy versus Jason kind of a thing. But it's still he uses. A knife, mm-hmm. you know, fashioned in his uh, tripod mm-hmm. for the camera. There, it's certainly not a lot of blood is shown. Oh no! But, but still, for the times, you can really see. Even when you, when you're kind of smirking at the cheesiness, that you look back on it, you know, mm-hmm. today, you can still see how it was just something that people hadn't seen at the time and just didn't know really what to make of right, it. Right? How to car- compartmentalize? Right, it. Right? Yeah. Right. The architecture of the slasher has changed dramatically,
0: but but there is something very similar um, in sort of theme to this.
1: Yeah, and it's fascinating. It's a fascinating watch. Oh, uh, it is, especially today to look back on it, and, and certainly to see it on the big screen, which is a which is a lot of fun for us tonight, and a lot of fun to have a great crowd to do it. So, I think with that, let's get back in there and check it out.
0: Jason, our friend earlier at the Happy Hour, was mentioning that he wasn't allowed to watch scary movies, but whenever he stayed at his uncle's house, he watched everything he wanted to. The first time I watched this movie was with our niece, Brenna. Brenna came to stay with us, and I was like, hey, let's watch Beaming Tom. So I'm your uncle. I'm that that (laughs) relative. I'm that relative, as it turns out. All
1: right, so, yeah, we don't want to speak much more about it. We're going to watch it here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, We want to say... Obviously, thank you to everybody for coming out. Great crowd. Thank you so much. You know much. What?
0: There, were, there were like a handful of other movies that were really close to making this list that I just want to run through really quickly. Santa Sangre is a really super weird one. Uh, and a weird one on the other end of the continuum that's actually worth watching, even though it's so bad, is Eaten Alive. That is a great movie, and there are some prostitutes with wigs, and that's <laughs> a better prostitute, uh, I think. <laughs> uh, from Hell, obviously, anything that's Jack the Ripper. Um, Ganja and Hess. There is this, the, my favorite scene in the entire film of Ganja and Hess, Uh, uh, has to do with a prostitute and then also I forgot about we are what we are which is weird to say but I sort of forgot about the prostitutes so I I want to give credit to the movie that got bumped which is Cemetery Man so that was supposed to be number five and Mm -hmm. then I was like oh wait I like this movie 5,000 times better so it got bumped
1: (laughs) hey thanks to our buddy Sammy for passing out the Nightmares Film Festival stickers If you don't know anything about nightmares, it's coming here to the Gateway Film Center in Columbus, Ohio, in October. Look it up on social media. It's going to be great. Uh, Also, he passed out some Fright Club buttons, and if anybody didn't get one, come see us after the movie. We'll be happy to give you one. We look forward to the next Fright Club Live. That'll be August 8th, right back here, uh, for Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. We're going to show that and talk about our favorite horror Mentors. That's right. So that's going to be next month's episode. But before that, we'll have our next podcast in a couple of weeks. Phantom Dark Dave, our buddy, is going to come back. Uh, we're going to do a an audience request. We've had a lot of requests to do the favorite horror films of the 1950s. That's right, so which is that. really
0: his area. He loves the classics.
1: And you can check out his latest podcast called Dave's Pop Culture Podcast.
0: And then also we just want to shout out, between now and the release of the new Halloween, our friend Corey Metcalf over at Golden Spiral Media's Triple Cast. He's doing a podcast. He's going to cover every Halloween film between now and then, and all of the horror films of Jamie Lee Curtis. So, if you are intrigued by that, That's a lot. check out it is. Check out Triplecast between now and and uh, October.
1: All right, so good stuff. We got a movie here to show. Um, thank you so much for coming out. Get Get in touch with us as always on social media. We're at Mad Wolf M A D D W O L F on Twitter. Uh, Mad Wolf Columbus on Instagram and Facebook, and of course, Fright Club has our own Twitter account. That's
0: right at Fright Club Pods. So you can go there and uh, and see what horror business we're up to and check out all of our uh, our episodes there
1: yeah all right good stuff all right we got the movie coming up thanks again for coming out uh, until next time she's Hope Madden he's George wolf and this is the fright club podcast thank See you yes that's the name